Good Thursday, everybody. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. And hopefully your self-service is working out. Chris was with AT&T. You were experiencing this whole power outage thing that's going on or whatever uh, is happening. I, I, it's like I told you. I think somebody was preparing for World War III over there in Russia and said, you know, watch this. This, this is kind of the start of it. Pressed a button, and all of a sudden AT&T went dark at about 1.30. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been down. I'm surprised it's back up now, but... Not going Knock on wood. Knock on your wood over there. <laughs> but uh, hopefully it didn't put you in too much of an inconvenience over the course of the day, D, as it went on. And uh, we're looking forward to, to you know, getting a, back to normal pretty much for most of the people. There are a lot of people that I didn't realize I knew that were on at and I thought most of them were on Verizon. Well, so. according to what the messages I've been getting, is not just the at it's the towers. Yeah. This has been affected by this. So if you're if you're like I am with cricket, if you're cricket or the rest of the mint and Verizon, everybody's struggling right now with it. So not just strictly for AT and T folks. All right. Well we got a lot to talk about. Uh we got high school basketball as everybody's getting ready for the semifinals. So everything is shifting tomorrow over to Florence, South Carolina, and it'll be over there. And um, I know there's a lot of moaning and growing going on, so we'll dive into that a little bit. We've also got uh, basketball. South Carolina was in, uh, is off pretty much all this week. you got Clemson comes up with a big win at Georgia Tech. We'll dive into that. Um, and then uh, we've also got a look at baseball that is underway, all kinds of things happening. We've got tournaments big time taking place this weekend. One big one going to be happening over at M. So we'll give you know give you the scoop on that because we got a few local teams and some uh, that are traveling a good bit in order to come be part of this. It's gonna be fun, man. Gonna be uh, hopefully we got weather permitting this weekend. It's gonna be a good weekend for baseball. I'm looking forward to it. But first and foremost, um, uh, want to say uh, you know condolences going out to the Roper family. We found out on Tuesday morning that uh, William Gary Roper ended up passing away. And if you don't know who he is, um, it's like I told you, Chris. He's he's a legend. One of the legends here. Uh, from Greenwood. If you grew up here the way I did, I mean, you had we we were lucky here because you had what we have. We called them junior high schools, and you had Southside Coach New and Cuda. You had Coach Roper at Northside, and of course I had Coach Hill at Emerald. And like I said, we all know what when Coach Hill left, what, what that meant for it. But uh, now they're all back together coaching up there in the sky, man. I'm gonna, Coach Roper, he, he, you talk about fighting battles. That man fought a battle. He, you never met a nicer guy. Though. On the football field, he was a little bit greedy with you but, <laughs> uh, when you went up against his team. But a, a great football coach, always had class act teams. If, if they weren't, he corrected it right there at the spot. And just a great guy. So to Christy and the rest of the Roper family, man, condolences. Yeah. And he was one of those, too, that didn't just coach one sport. I mean, he was involved <laughs> uh, at the YMCA with U Sports. And that was back over, you know, over there by South Maine at the old YMCA at that time. Yeah. Um, did that for a number of years. Uh, ended up. Um, also coaching at Northside, as you said, if, as far as, as football went. But he uh, did baseball at Greenwood High. Um, started uh, eight-man football over at Cambridge for a good number of years in the process yeah. of all that. And, you know, my experience with Coach Roper is he used to come in and sit on the pool deck every now and then and, and just watch practice. And not only did he get to know my swimmers, he got to know my coaches as well. He knew everybody by name. And that's one of the things I wish I would have been able to do as a coach and, and is, is have that recollection. Coach Hill did the same thing. I, he was able to remember everybody's name, all their relatives, uh, you know, wife, children, that type of thing. I mean, he, he knew most of my older swimmers. I mean, it was just amazing, uh, you know, his ability to recall names like that. Yeah, some of us aren't blessed that way. <laughs> but, yeah, Coach Roper was. And I, I tell you, man, um, we had actually discussed, Willie and I discussed it probably a couple months ago about the possibility of getting with Christy to see if he could come in for a podcast just to share that vast knowledge that he had. And, of course, I'll wait until late again, but uh, – we were going to have a couple people on today, and like I said, they couldn't make it for certain reasons. But a uh, big loss to the community of Greenwood, though. And like I said, he would want you to go on and move on, start that next practice. What he's going to tell that coach today, start that next practice. <laughs> um, of course, amassing a record, 168 uh, wins, 39 losses, three ties. He won 17 city championships over the course as well. He didn't get a couple of them, though. We got a couple of them from him. But, <laughs> but see, time that's another thing that was so big that we don't have now that, well, we may still have it. I, do they still do the city? They still do the city championship. Between Northside and Northside, Brewer, Brewer and Westside. Okay. 
So they still okay. So or, that's yeah, Westview. I'm sorry, not Westside. Yeah, they still do that. So, so that's fun. It's, it's still out there competition out there to play for that because those are always fun to play for. And a lot of fun to go and watch too. Um, but uh, you know, he never met a stranger. One of those people that you, know, you can go and talk to for ages <laughs> in the process. But there's going to be a celebration of his life. It's going to be 2 o'clock this coming Saturday. It'll be at South Main Baptist. Reverend Jason uh, Wilson and Reverend Joey Gambrell of uh, South Mark United Methodist will be there, as well as Reverend Johnny Waller, who will be officiating. So it's kind of a combination between Southside and also um, St. Mark's in the process of all this. Uh, and the Palm Bears, uh, you know, we – you know, these are the guys that we tried to get to come on that we're friends with. But um, you've got uh, uh, Jim Martin, you got John Thompson, Bill Lloyd, uh, Ben Messingill, Craig Witt. Um, who else am I missing? Charles Lockhart, uh, Dexter Fisher, Gil Cade, all involved in that. And then, of course, uh, Dr. Tom Stevens is going to be uh, the special escort, along with uh, all his former players and assistant coaches. They're going to be escorting out in front of him. And that's what's going to be – Vast. It's going to be vast right there because there's a ton of them. And I think Howard told me that whenever the funeral's over, they're coming here afterwards. So they'll be packed up here at Howard's Home Lane, too, on Saturday. And then they have the burial. It'll be with military honors out there at Oak Brook Memorial uh, in the process of all that. Um, visitation is going to be held at Blythewood Funeral Home at 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. tomorrow if you want to go for visitation. Get there early. <laughs> It's going to be packed. Uh, if you want uh, to extend your thanks uh, um, to uh, uh, what Coach Gary Roper has been able to do, they did set up a good number of years ago. Was it back in early 2000s, I think it was? They set up a, a scholarship fund over there at the Greenwood YMCA. Connie Maxwell Children's Home Ministries is another one you can donate to, or possibly the St. Mark's United Methodist Church, uh, all taking donations as well in his memory. Yep. So and pass that along to you. But, gosh, what a great individual he was and what he meant to this community. i tell you, so. if you didn't know him, if you didn't know any of these three men, man, you missed out on knowing. I'm yeah. just telling you, they were just, they were patriarchs, so to speak, class act gentlemen. And here's, here's the question for you, because I've, you know, not seen it in my lifetime that is here. I saw it um, when, you know, at San Antonio, a lot of my coaches uh, are still coaching there or were still coaching there up until a few years ago. But uh, you don't see that anymore. You see a lot of folks just moving around, and we see it in the football. We'll get into it today with the, the head football coaches. But you see a lot uh, of folks that are only staying, you know, maybe eight to ten years and then moving on, if that. These guys, uh, you know, we're talking decades that they ended up staying. Yeah, they implemented their their system style of play, and then they they hired the coaches they wanted to do it, and those guys never left. I remember, like like I said, Emerald. I mean, we had the same coaches every every year, and we they never changed. And I was just a, a credit to the three coaches that were in Green, Greenwood with the junior high schools. And like I said, who wanted to leave? To be honest with you, if you were a coach, it wasn't a better job out there because you were working for your mentor and a guy you really respected. Yeah. So a guy that you can kind of go along with right now is what Jamie Nichols has done. A number yeah. of years that he's been over in Abbeville. Uh, we've got a lot of other young guns uh, that are involved uh, in all the other Lakelands teams right now. Um, I, I'm going to have to say that Chris Liner and probably uh, uh, Tad DeBose are probably the next with the longest tenure outside of Jamie Nichols. Well, I mean, Tad just got hired when? Same time that Chris did. Yeah, you're right. I guess it would be right then, too. But then everybody else has had changeover. Where Shoals, 96, Dixie, McCormick. I mean, everybody else has had turnover as far as their football programs go. I think we're good where we're at now with a lot of the coaches in, in the Lakelands. I mean, I, I, there's not anything I would say that we need to look at changing that we have implemented now in play. So I think we're lucky in the Lakelands that you don't have that or you don't see that all the time. It's yeah. not like you got a Greg Porter that, that likes to – redo schools and you know he's more of a game strategist I guess you say than a coach and you know likes to build programs Mm -hmm. and so you know and they got him at Lawrence now so maybe (laughs) maybe that'll keep him over there for a while and well then you got some other folks that have in other sports that have been around quite a while look at the Templetons uh, cross country over Greenwood High you've also got Matt Baker how long has he been over at Greenwood he's been there for a while not only as an assistant but now as a head coach so you got um, Mac here and and I mean you know Mac was in Edgefield forever um, you're right. So we're we're fortunate that we do have a lot of, and we haven't even hit like volleyball and some of those <laughs> other ones where those churches have been there forever. But 
Yeah, so it's going to be hard to to match any for anybody to match what these three young three individuals ended up doing. But another great one passing away, and as I've said, uh, condolences going out to the family and prayers as well um, to everybody involved in that. All right, taking a look at uh, what is going on in and around the the. Basketball playoffs as of right now, the 24 Class A boys basketball playoffs. We have, what, two teams remaining, I think? Um, you've got the guys from Greenwood Christian. We'll dive into that in just a minute. Hawks. And then uh, we've got uh, the Chiefs from McCormick. Um, they ended up with a big win, 75-62 over Denmark Olar. And then, you know, that was back on, uh, uh, what was it, Saturday, Saturday. Sunday? Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about that back on Monday. But they get a tough matchup. they got to take on Christchurch. The good news is it's at McCormick because that's where the bracket says that they have to end up playing. Both of these are number one teams as far as their part of the bracket goes. I think Christchurch was the overall number one uh, involved. McCormick was, I think, the number two or number three, three overall. seed overall as far as that side of the bracket went. But these two are going to meet up, going to be down there in McCormick, and that will be tomorrow or tonight. Um, uh, I believe 7 o'clock is when things get underway. It'll be It'll be a packed gymnasium. Can you imagine the excitement it is down there right now? <laughs> well, Christchurch has kind of run the bla- uh, bracket. They beat uh, Hunter Kyler Tyler 88-38. Then they went and destroyed Macby in 93-70. I mean, there's been some lopsided wins. They really haven't been challenged. Um, you look at McCormick, and they had a big win uh, over Great Falls, 37-34, that was there. They beat Denmark Olar, who everybody thought was going to be the team that was going to take on Christchurch, and they ended up uh, beating them 75-62 in order to advance to this uh, quarterfinals matchup. So, um, you know, what does McCormick have to do against a very tall and quick Christchurch team? Get the ball over to half court, and they're going to probably press you a little bit. Um Set up good shots, take good shots. I mean, you know, Coach Brown has preached it all year. You got, you know, get in and rebound the ball. Just simple, simple basics. When you get the basketball, you got to box out, and whoever wins the rebound battle in this thing is going to probably win this game. And I mean, that's where I think McCormick's at a disadvantage. But they are at home, so I'm, I'm going to give them a little bit of credit. But you know, the coach at Denmark, who's Denmark Olaf, said it best when he said, "He says, listen, we haven't been beat by 13 in four or five years." And that's what McCormick beat him with by 13 points. He says, that doesn't happen to us. <laughs> and he and he basically went on to say that, you know, those are your, those are your state champions right there, the McCormick Chiefs. He went ahead and gave it to them. <laughs> so. Well, they got to get by Christchurch. If McCormick does win, um, uh, then they get to head over on, uh, what is it, Tuesday next week? And they'll be going over to Florence. They'll be taking on the winner of the C.A. Johnson North game. Now, remember, North ended up beating Dixie 70-69, to only a one-point win, in order for the right tonight to play C.A. Johnson, um, who was a big winner, 65-61, uh, over High Point uh, back at the beginning of the week. So, uh, you know, if McCormick does win, uh, you know, basically you're looking at, at them facing another Region 1 team, uh, North facing another Region 1 team. And I don't think – you know, North's going to be dog tired. They're going to be tired <laughs> if they spent this much energy getting in because they, you know, they've had some close ones. Uh, Southside Christian they beat sixty five or sixty seven fifty one. Um, we mentioned they end up beating North, uh, uh, or excuse me, Dixie seventy to sixty nine in the process of all that. So, could this be another close one with C. A. Johnson? Quite possibly because you're dealing with another one of those uh, inner city schools. And these defensive teams, when they're going to shut down on a chance to run the ball with a motion offense and. Try to put a lot of points on the board. That's what they did, and that's what they did with Dixie. And, they, you know, they prevailed. But like you said, they are going to be dog-tired by the time they get to this other game. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, and then the other game with the Hawks, uh, they're going to be having uh, all kinds of fun as they get ready to take on, um, uh, I believe it's York, is it not? Or they just play York? No, they just play Hilton Head, I think. But I think they, didn't they, they just beat Hilton Head, right? Yeah, they just beat Hilton Head. Okay, so and I'll have to go back and look and see. But you know, the the, the Hilton Head game was huge. I mm-hmm. mean, you're looking at it's a seventy two sixty six win. But the senior Lee Dahlberg had probably the best game he's had uh, all year long. Twenty three points. Finally broke the thousand yard or thousand point. Uh, point mark in the process for his career to go along with that. Ty Kennedy had a big night, twenty one points. Isaiah Scott another big night, double double. Oklahoma fourteen points to go along with that. And when you look at where they were from three throw line, 
I mean, they were pretty doggone close to being perfect, 21 of 24. If you get 21 points from the free throw line, you're getting the job done. Those are some easy baskets. And that, what, that, what that came down to was, that, like I said, they were, the, they were the underdog in this game. Hilton has a really good basketball team, and, and they got the rebounds, and then it forced – you know, he'll head to foul him. And, yeah, when you make your free throws like that, you almost don't want to foul him and put him on the line. You know, take another shot at a steal or something. But at the end of the game, they had to do it. And then Graham Christian hit all the free throws. Yeah. So props to them. And so the Hawks get to play a familiar opponent, the ones that knocked him out last year, and that being uh, Christian Academy is who they're going up against today, as a matter of fact, wow. so this afternoon. Um, so we'll know a little later on, uh, probably tonight, exactly if uh, uh, the Hawks are going to end up going to that uh, championship game or not. I think they're going. You think they're going? <laughs> I'm not gonna I hope the, they're going. I'm not going to put the pressure on Isaiah, but when you got a kid named Oklahoma and he plays and <laughs> rebounds the way he does, man, yeah, that's an immovable force, so to speak. Well, and they've been decisive wins. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, you know, they've they've been close early on, but they've always managed to close the game out. So, good good thing there. Um, Cambridge girls, they had an opportunity to go to the championship game, and they came that close. Yep. They came that close. 44-37, a loss to cross. Uh, Jillian Mapps uh, ended up with 14 points total that she ended up scoring, but you know, when you and their coach said it best of all, he said, We had 22 turnovers, you can't expect to win or overcome that kind of, of a thing. We almost did, though. Um, but you know, almost almost that close in order to get to their second state trip. To great, state title. great coaching by a man, decent as usual. You know, we had it on last year and they won it, and I was hoping to be to make that happen again. And it's a little bit short, Tom, but. To still see Cambridge doing things at, at the way they're doing it, I'm impressed. I really am because you don't have many other sports over there even going like right now. I mean, you're getting ready to start golf and some other stuff over there. But that's a, that's that was great playing at the right time for the girls and the guys to get to where they were. So, All right. So uh, their season comes to an end overall. And then um, got to make mention, too, we've got a couple of wrestlers that uh, made the north-south game. When you look at Dax Seaborn, Owen Sargent over at Greenwood High and the wrestling team over there, uh, they were selected to the north-south all-star matchup. That's going to be in Myrtle Beach mm. uh, coming up on March 1st and 2nd. And the qualifications for them um, in order to be chosen for the north-south is, is just huge because the coaches association is the one that ends up doing it. They look at all of uh, you know, all of the wrestlers that are seniors uh, over the course that have to demonstrate not only a great work ethic, they got to have character, sportsmanship, along with competing at the highest level in the state. And these two guys have done it over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, congrats to Coach Monson and, and his staff and what they've been able to do to help these young men get to the level that they're at right now. And we wish them all the best of luck going to north south tom i remember we started wrestling season with you with with the interview with coach mouse and then the 50 years of wrestling and then the actual mat ceremony and then we're already here that just doesn't seem feasible <laughs> and we know these guys are gonna go out there and give it their all i mean there's no doubt when you when you name those guys i mean yeah those are who you kind of expected would be there in the end so yeah the, th- the thing is too is they're uh, all going to be wrestling this weekend as well, because you have the individual uh, wrestling championships that are going to be taking place in each classification um, and each weight class in each classification. But that will be at the Anderson uh, uh, Sports and Entertainment Center coming up tomorrow and Saturday as well. So if you want to head on out that way, uh, you'll end up seeing some great wrestling uh, from the 1A all the way to the 5A, including the girls. They're going to be wrestling out there in the process as well. We've got, uh, I think, eight going from the ladies' side at Greenwood High. Yeah. And a couple from 96 as well. So we got some uh, lady wrestlers that are going to be out there. Um, but as far as the 4A wrestling uh, tomorrow, that'll take place starting at 8 a.m. is when it'll get underway. The 5A is at 1230. 3A's takes place at 930. So you'll see some emerald wrestlers at that time. Um, and then at 2 o'clock, you got the girls' classifications on Friday. And then 1 o'clock, you'll have the 1A um, classifications uh, taking place at um, 11 a.m. So... Fun times. Should be fun. Should be a good time overall. Have you checked that new facility out there in Anderson? They've done a lot of renovating to that place. It looks really good inside. It's been about three years since I've been up there. It looks good now, man. You'll be impressed. You know, I've, I'm, most of my time spent up there at the sports <laughs> entertainment complex was during cross country, and that was early on a cold, <laughs> cold fall evening or morning in the process of uh, uh, watching them run about three and a half miles, basically. Mm. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, the building inside does. Yeah, it looks nice from the outside. I can't wait to see it inside. Yes, we'll go from there. So good luck to all the wrestlers in and around the Lakelands that are going to be involved with all that. I can't wait to find out and see a little bit more about what's going on. And then baseball-wise, there's all kinds of action that's taking place. I think we got soccer tonight over at Greenwood High. They've got a fundraiser that's going on. They're running a tournament that runs through Saturday. So you'll see that that's going to be happening. And then baseball-wise, um, if you want to see some good baseball, uh, you need to go over to Emerald High School because the 2024 Century Fire Protection Tournament is going to begin this coming Saturday. Okay. And if you want to know who's involved, well, uh, there's about six teams that are involved. you got Aiken. Um, they're going to be taking on Mid-Carolina on Saturday. you got Clinton taking on Airport. And the Vikings going to be taking on the Wildcats in 96 at 6 o'clock. So 12, 2, and 6 on Saturday. On Monday at 6 o'clock, You'll have uh, Mid-Carolina taking on Clinton. And then Tuesday, you'll have Emerald taking on Fox Creek. Wednesday, uh, Cardinal Newman taking on Fox Creek. Thursday, a doubleheader at 5 o'clock, 96 in Clinton. 7.30, you have Emerald taking on Mid-Carolina. Friday is a rain-out day in case they need it. And then Saturday is going to be determined, and those will be the championship games are going to be matched up at that point. Wow. So lots of great uh, tournament actually going to be taking place uh, over the course of that week, next week over at Emerald High. Yeah, I think the Sanders kids pitches for Airport. They say he is. A, you got to look at him because he is actually going to Carolina. So, get a chance, early chance, to see a future Gamecock as they play against Clinton. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to have to take. We're going to have to go check it out because Clinton's got a pretty good baseball team. Too. Yeah. So we'll follow along and see where all that ends up. Um, and I think that's all I've got as far as the high school. Is there anything I'm missing out on that I need to remind anybody about? No, nah, unless you got some coaching changes. Well, that's where I was headed next. We got but <laughs> I want to make sure I covered everything else that was going on as best as that I could. But All right, let's talk about the 2023-24 High School League football, head football coach changes that are going on. We told you about Gilbert uh, last week that we had heard rumors that either this week or next they were going to go ahead and they were going to announce who their coach was going to be. Um, I, you know, It's one of those that kind of got leaked out. Uh, but nobody was confirming for sure who it was going to be. And that, this is a good hire. We've seen line coaches that have been become head football coaches and how well they've been able to succeed. Most recently, we saw that over at 96. We got another good one in Ozzy Exum, uh, who's going to be the new head football coach. He's been the line coach at Gilbert High for, what, 10 years? And if you watched them play, that's why they were so good. I think for me, this is there's two good reasons I like this hire. I'm stunned by the fact that this is the first black hire for Lexington 1 and all the schools you have in that district. Right. Secondly, it's only it's the, the first lady athletic director in the same thing. So you're bringing in your first black head coach and now your first lady AD to run the things at, at, at Gilbert or Gilbert America, as they call it now. And, I mean, that's a really good hire, Tom. I'm excited. And I know the players are going to be ecstatic to play for coach. Well, they're already that good. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so uh, we'll see where they end up uh, with him under the helm because they're not going to – I don't think they'll miss a beat. I don't. Going I, don't um, I think it's already a playoff team ready to go right yeah, now. And probably. I don't think any of the other coaches have left. So they may be in need of one or two others to, to take Coach Leaphart's place as far as somebody out on the field. But for the most part, this team just continues to roll. And now they got the guy – and I, I do think this is who they wanted. I think Chad would be – Excited with the hire of who they got because you know he is the he's new, probably had something to do with the it, director so. of this <laughs> district five one or whatever it is and so I mean I think he's happy with it and I think the coaches will stay because of that so all right the other coaching change was Lugoff Elgin they're going to replace Matt Campbell with Leon Bulware. Um, he was the head coach over at Louisville, so that job opens up uh, as of right now. Of course, the last two years he was over there, and before he coached uh, at Louisville, he was at Northwestern, did some time at Indian Land, Nations Ford, and Lancaster's where he got his start. Um, but, you know, you've coached at, at, at Northwestern and, and taking your talents for two years, go over to uh, – you know, Louisville, and we saw how good Louisville has been, particularly last year. Defensively especially. They were awesome. Um, and now they're going over to Lugoff Elgin. This is going to be a team to compete with here in a couple of years. It's going to bring that team back. They've been down for several years, and that hire, that one hire might be the one that brings them back, totally back into the playoff picture now. Right. So a really great hire. I mean, two really great hires. I think I think Gilbert knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, I think they knocked it out of the park. 
All right, so those are the two hires that we do know about as of right now. There are a bunch of others that are still open. Uh, we're looking for a coach for Bishop England. Uh, Chesney's still looking to replace uh, Clay Lewis. You got uh, Gilbert, who we just mentioned, with Chad Leapart. Uh, not sure uh, you know, who. Uh, uh, well, we know who that is going to be. We just mentioned it, didn't we? Izumi. In that regard, and then uh, let's see, Louisville, we said, just opened up uh, with Leon Bolware, ended up leaving. You got Marlborough County is still open, Rock Hill. Um, you know, that's that's a tough job to take because you got all that football talent and all that uh, extra money that's up there. They're, they're still looking for the right person to, to fulfill that job. That's going to be one I think they got to be careful on, too, Tom, because they want to make sure to get the right hire. I'm going to tell you the job for me would be Marlborough County. I know I, Coach didn't leave that in the best situation, but he also didn't leave it in the worst situation. So, Well, he's only there a year. The yeah. other coach went to South Point before that, um, took over last year. Raiding. So. They're yeah. raiding from them cats. So, yeah. They are, for the most part. Um, you got Silver Bluff looking for a coach. You got uh, St. John still looking. Uh, Hampton, Wade Hampton of Greenville uh, trying to replace Travis Miller. And then Wagner Sally, uh, Willie Fox, uh, we know he ended up moving on. Uh, so somebody to replace him down there. Wrong that I-20. Another good school, man. <laughs> Wagner Sally is another good school. Yeah, they've caused a lot of headaches for, you know, a lot of different people. A lot of teams, that. trust me. <laughs> and being a 1A school doing it, too. Yeah. That's the other thing. All right. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you know every Thursday uh, what the coaching changes are. They usually happen uh, between uh, 5 o'clock on Monday and about noontime on Wednesday is when we usually find out when most of that ends up happening. But we'll pass it along to you. Then check out your web page uh, yeah. or Facebook page for all that we'll as well. We'll throw, throw it out there. Give you more de deals and discounts. <laughs> well, the oil has been changed uh, in the grease here at Howard's on Maiden. Come on by, enjoy some great sandwiches. Uh, some great uh, friendly folks as well. Uh, Caroline's going to be manning the bar tonight. They got all kinds of events going on upstairs. Big name coming in. Um, uh, Mr. Crab coming up here on this stage tonight. First time he's been at Howard's. Bradley up. So we got to clear out. He might be a big old boy. I don't want to wrestle today. He's not, you know. <laughs> He's about to, half of you and I. I ain't, well, we are. Right. Then we sit and talk all we want. So, nah. I mean, like I said, they bring in really good talent. I mean, it's not just Howard Staff that books these people. It's Granger Smith. It's Nick. It's, it's everybody. They're playing tomorrow night. Combination. Yeah, they will be here tomorrow night. So um, They're the ones bringing in all these good music in. And then, oh, Tom, I, I just saw one of the posts that Nick put out, or Granger put out yesterday about they got until the end of this week, I think, to get the names in for um, – it's an event that's going to be happening in March. So stay tuned for that one because I think it's a list full of names of bands. A who's who, a plethora, whatever you want to say, of bands in, in the area coming up starting next month. So kind of like a bamboozle or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, kind of almost like you would have for a barbecue festival. So All right. We'll get a, get a good taste of some local talent. We got, plenty, we got a closed table if we need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's take a look at what's going on in and around the college aspects here. Of course, we got some great colleges. Erskine um, is just up the road about 20 minutes. we got Lander as well, so we're going to talk about both of those. Let's start with Erskine because their softball team, uh, they get a walk-off slam uh, that capped their comeback over Augusta. A uh, big win for them, th uh, almost. Uh, <laughs> game two was a big win. Ended up winning 10-7 to in game two. Game one, they lost 13-6, to uh, so they split the doubleheader yesterday. Um, to go along with that. But, uh, you know, softball-wise, Kenzie Eagleman is, is probably, uh, she, you know, constantly coming up with big plays in the outfield. This time she does it with her bat. Love bat. <laughs> like I said, this, that young lady can play. That's, let's just call it what it is. She's a good softball player. And they, they play as a team, and I like seeing the games like that. And, I mean, you know, we always think of Augusta and Lander playing. I mean, right now it's, it's Erskine and Lander this week. I think Lander may be later on this weekend, though, with Augusta. <laughs> Um, but scoring uh, in that uh, big win, the second game, you had uh, Taylor McKenna scored once. Uh, Amber Clark ended up scoring three times. Gabby Burrow scored once. And uh, Adrian uh, Riggins ended up scoring once as well. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of the meat of your war your lineup right there. I think that's the second through sixth. That's the uh, that's two, two, six. You go along with it. So. That's your leadoffs, and that's what you want to have happen, and that's why they'll continue to be in those roles and those spots. <laughs> All right, uh, also over at Erskine, um, uh, is their uh, basketball team, and I thought I had it here 
just a second ago. I do have it here. Um, men's basketball ends up uh, with a second-half rally. They come away with a 79-63 win. Third win of the season, Chris. Million. Uh, when you look at it, but they, uh, you know, they were shooting lights out, 44% from the field, uh, three-point range. They were 35. They held their opponent to 37 and 25% in each of those categories. But turnover-wise, they won the turnover battle, and that's something they haven't done, uh, you know, in the, in these past games. They ended up winning 13 to 10. So that's two times in a row now that they've turned won the turnover battle and won the game. So I mean, he's starting to figure out what he's got to do to win it, and it starts with defense. It does. So uh, coming up next for them, um, it never gets any easier when you're in Conference Carolina, but they got to go and welcome North Greenville to come down to Due West. Ooh. So, and that's North Greenville's, uh, what, 19 to 15. They're 3 and 13 overall, but they're one seed ahead of uh, Erskine right now. And you look at it, though, Tom, they're also one game from 20 wins. And that's, that's a, a magic number you look at, it, especially college basketball, is 20 wins in a season, which is solid. So... They'll have their hands full with that one. <laughs> Let's talk Lander basketball. The men uh, ranked number 18 right now in Division Two. They grabbed a big lead. And uh, right now, number one in the Peach Bell Conference. That's the, probably the most important stat over that. They beat Augusta 77-72, to get first place all to themselves in this regard. And they've got the tiebreaker right now over North Georgia in the process. They do, however, still have to take on UNC Aiken. Um, that'll be their last game of the season, and that's the team that's right behind them right now in that uh, uh, third-place spot. I got a chance to catch Graham and them on that call. Good call, guys, as usual. Um, it was him and Landon King last night. And, um, I, I, hey, give them credit. They did a great game. They had a great game to call. If you got a boring game, it's usually a boring call. But if you got a really good game, you got a good call, and that's what they had last night. And a really big win for 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 Lander. Let's just say that. So, well, you know, Noah Dunn probably uh, <laughs> shot lights out again, did he not? I look at the stats: nineteen points. Uh, McKay had thirteen to go along with all that. Uh, Burwell had what twelve? Yeah, and he also so. had like eleven rebounds. Had <laughs> <laughs> a big night also. So big, big game for them overall. So who do they get next? Um, I was trying to think who it is. Is it? No, wait a minute. You just said that's who. <laughs> it, it isn't. It isn't aching, is it? Or is I, it? I'm, I'm going to check on it, and I'll find out here in just a second. But uh, as far as their next opponent, it'll be back here in Greenwood. They take on Columbus State uh, this coming Saturday. Three thirty is when the tip off will end up happening. And then they got Flagler, and then their last game of the season, USC Aiken will be at Aiken yeah. at 7.30 on uh, Saturday, March 2nd. So three games left. And then, <laughs> That's closing in. You know, we got, well, it's all closing in on us, not only there, but in the big leagues too. So, um, But, hey, all in all, a really good year for Omar. I mean, I think they're a lot better than you and I thought they would be going into it where they are right now. And, I mean, playing good basketball in the PBC is a very tough conference to, to play in and win. So I look for that tournament to be real fun. Yeah, the NCAA, well, the Peach Bell tournament will be. <laughs> yeah, you got three teams that could end up winning that hands down rather easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be some dogfights again in order to get there. And that's what it's going to take, yeah. Uh, baseball-wise, uh, over at Lander, uh, baseball team continues to just cruise. Uh, another big win for them, 13-1 to over Southwestern. Um, or Southwest, Southern Wesleyan. I'm sorry. Um, I've been watching too much of the uh, <laughs> of the uh, Texas matchups that have been out there. But uh, 13 to one win over Southern Wesleyan this past Tuesday night. Ethan Wilder, a big night for him. Three of three, two triples, three runs. Uh, end up scoring, and uh, he had one run driven in. Will McClennan, pretty much just duplicate that three of three at the plate had a double three run score four rbis uh in the process and and we can just go down the list because it was just great play after great play but those two guys ended up leading the way time they're having fun and that's what's that's what's leading it is the the run outages that you are starting to see man these kids love playing together like the order seems to be perfect right now for coach burke he's got players hitting where they need to be hitting and i mean that's fun times when you can do that. It's, it's when you have the other issues happening and you got to start tweaking that line a little bit when it gets a little bit more challenging. But all in all right now, solid, 
Probably no better baseball team out there right now. Well, what's impressing me probably the most is their pitching. Um, you know, in the past, we've seen them get to about, what, the fourth or fifth, or excuse me, the fifth and sixth inning, and then all of a sudden they're having to come in with relief and not being able to, to maintain that same level of pitching. He's got that right now. He does. And I, I'll go into I think so far this year, this is one of his better coaching jobs. He and that staff is doing a really good job. Like I said, first off, maintaining and creating lineups is very tough to do in baseball. And they've done it, they're doing it well. All right. If you want to see the Bearcats in person, they're going to be at Wingate this coming Saturday. 12 o'clock matchup for them. It'll be, uh, I believe, a doubleheader is going to be end up starting at that time. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Matchup will be fun. 12 o'clock, and then I think, what, about 4 o'clock after that. And Wingate's a pretty good team. They have given Lander some fits, and they are, (laughs) you know, they have been ranked in the past. So, Um, new season, new year, new players. We'll see how it ends up going. We'll keep an eye on that. But big win, 13-1 to over Southern Westland to go along with that. Um, And then uh, I want to make mention, too, of – and we, you know, we've kind of put it off to the wayside is what has gone on uh, as far as basketball goes with Carolina being off. We're going to talk about Clemson here in a minute. But we have totally forgotten about what's going on over at uh, University of Charleston. We have, but they're, they're going to start reminding us, Tom. It's not just there. There's going to be a couple more state teams that are going to come out and say, wait a minute, you forgot all about us. But, yeah, uh, COC is starting to do what they do in, in basketball, and that is win. And uh, I sent you that text the other night. I, I totally forgot about them. And they blew off my radar really fast, but they also jumped back on it really quick too. So yeah. So you look at what the Cougars have done. They've got their 20th win this past, <laughs> uh, uh, what was it, Tuesday night. It ended up with a big win uh, over William & Mary. It ended up 65-57 to go along with that. It marks their 31st time that they've had 20 or more wins. So that's – I don't even know if, if Clemson or Carolina can even say that, can they? Started with Coach Chris way back in the day, and, I mean, it's continued on. I mean, good, good basketball, and like I said, it, they love it down there. And, I mean, like I said, you've been to the arena they play in. Mm-hmm. It's a little small little place. and Right in the heart of downtown. They have Charleston. fun playing there, i tell you that. Yep. But Charleston's 65 points were the lowest score in a win this season for the Cougars, by the way. They have been up there in the 70s, uh, low 80s. Most of the time. So. You remember back in the day, they would be they would be part of the kickoff classic, mm-hmm. and it would always be a home game when they would play some crazy team coming in. Like I think UMass came in in the one year that I stayed up all night and watched Midnight Madness or whatever they call it. And so uh, I don't know if they still do it or not, but I mean I, I'll never forget those games that they played there. It's a, it's a little pavilion right there in Charleston. So the College of Charleston men's basketball team are going to go on the road uh, tonight. As a matter of fact, 7 o'clock action is set for at uh, Bob Carpenter Center as they take on Delaware and the Blue Hens. The Blue Hens. Yeah. So I can't wait to see a, a little bit more of this. I'm, I'm really anxious to see where they end up as far as uh, the seedings go when the tournament time does come around because they're already starting to say where folks are going to end up as of right now kind of guessing. And... Yeah, I'm going to go back and look and see where they're going to put the College of Charleston. Well, we, we, that'll be one of those. That, now, the fun part about that one is, Tom, it won't be what you and I are having to do. It'll be committee time and where they're going to put that team at because wherever put, they put that team, they're going to be explosive. Somebody's going to get a, a bomb on their hands. <laughs> and hopefully they're not in that play-in game up there in Dayton is what we're hoping. Um, this turn team, to me, it deserves a little better. But they've got some familiar names. C.J. Fulton yep. leads the country right now in uh, assists and turnover ratio at 4.5. Uh, so far this season, he's got 108 assists and just 24 turnovers to go along with it. So. He don't want to score. He just likes dishing it just out. give it. Yeah. <laughs> You're open. I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, take it, man. Give it to you. I don't want to. <laughs> All right, staying with men's basketball. um, When you look at the Tigers, big win this past Wednesday night uh, or Tuesday night. uh, Went down to Georgia Tech down there in the big ATL and uh, another big night. You know, this is homecoming basically for Hunter and and Awful Shefflin. Both those guys are Georgia boys uh, that ended up going to Clemson. They had a night combining for 37 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Uh, they finished 14 for 24 overall. Big night for them in their home state. But um, more importantly, you know, fifth road win in the ACC for the Tigers to go along with it. They're now 18-8, and eight, just two away from the Magic 20 mark. 
I, that's the number I think you're probably going to get. Because, uh, like I've already I've told everybody, it's not a Clemson believer, including Stan, but this is a team, end of the year, that you're not going to want to play. And I, and, I, and I even mean in the tournament because they're going to, you know, they, they everybody feels like Carolina and Clemson, both teams are pretty much in the dance. I don't like saying that because we don't, just because you get to the 20 win doesn't mean it gets to give it to you. But um, they both have done the homework and they played really well. And I was thinking back to what was it, two weeks ago that Georgia Tech came into Clemson in a game that Clemson should have really won that game probably in overtime, a couple overtimes. And then to see the score and how everything went last night was just, uh, just a totally different script. And uh, that's where you give all the credit to uh, Brad Brownell um, because, like I said, he's going against a legend in Amari Salmouse. So, um, and he's got those kids playing really good basketball right now. But like you said, man, going into the game, we, you and I love Shefflin. I just think Ian Shefflin's that guy that he wants to play. What did he get, 19 last night? Mm-hmm. He was 8 to 12 shooting. That's – that's rare for him. Yeah. And, and that would probably would have meant a couple more points if he continued to shoot. But, yeah, Shefflin playing great. Uh, PJ's not playing his best ball right now, but he's not needing to. Gerard's actually picked it up. He's 14-3 and three last night. And then Chase Hunter the last month has got to be player of the year. I mean, player of the month for Clemson. I mean, just been on fire. 18-6-6 six six last night. 6 out of 10 from the three. That's huge. That's playing. And then the whole, you know, I already told you, I thought Nate George is probably freshman of the year in the ACC for Georgia Tech. And I hold him to seven points last night. He did get a couple assists. And then Kyle Sturdivant came off the bench to make it closer than it really was. But all in all, this was pretty much a beatdown at the old Alexandria Memorial <laughs> Coliseum. So, uh, big win for Clemson and a road win. Yeah, down there eight and seven in yeah. the ACC to go along with that, um, you know, and most of those losses for Clemson though have been <laughs> heartbreakers. <singers. laughs> they have been heartbreakers. Ones that you just, uh, you know, struggle with falling asleep with that that night, dreaming back on what I could have done different. One point losses, three point losses, things of that nature. But they get to welcome the Seminoles of Florida State coming up this Saturday. It'll be on the CW Network at seven forty-five. Uh, is where it goes. So we'll see if Brad Bunnell can can pull another one out. We're hoping that he will be able to. Uh, here's his thoughts uh, on basically after the game on what he thought and how his Tigers ended up doing against Georgia Tech. You know, certainly a terrific win for our team. I thought we played outstanding. Um, always helps when you make shots. And uh, we started the game uh, extremely well. Obviously, last time we played, we did not make shots. So we probably it evened out a little bit today. Uh, just pleased with the way our guys guarded. I thought we sustained it. Um, defensively on both ends for the full 40 minutes, and uh, it's just good to get get another road win. So excited about it and trying to get ready for the next one. <laughs> Questions for us. So there you have it, uh, his opening comments as far as the press conference goes. And I think he's just re- he was really happy to, as you said, just get the road win. Let's get out of Dodge and get back home. I don't care who you play. If you're on the road, and I mean, you know, you got a Florida State team coming in that's not very good right now. Uh, they've always been a very long team, physical team. They always held the advantage on you. But I thought it was funny with what he said. I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at Behirad, I'm looking at Caroline, and I'm like, he was talking about making shots, and I'm thinking about what the shots they make over at the bar area. But how easy is it, Tom, when you're making shots to win games? Yeah. When they're going in, it's easy to coach. And the thing is, that that's what I always try to coach about Coach Paris. And one thing I think he's got to reel in a little bit with Michi and some of the other guys is – I don't mind you shooting a three, but let it be a high percentage three where we got either got a chance to get the rebound back or make the shot. You know, don't just be keep throwing up these little knuckle shots and praying they go in and they don't even come close to going in. And all in all, percentage wise for Clemson last night, that was phenomenal. <laughs> and if they do that Saturday at home and hold hold home advantage, home court, so to speak, I think this is the Florida State team they can beat. This is one they need to get here to get that one game closer. Uh, if they were to win that game, then I think the next game's at home too. I think mm-hmm. the next game's on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. So big weekend up in Clemson too with, with uh, the baseball teams playing so well. And, and so you're going to have a Florida State team coming in. And uh, take care of business, Coach. That's what we're looking for. Um Moving over, also, you mentioned baseball in the process of all that. We know that Carolina is off basketball-wise, but baseball-wise, um, you know, the Tigers had a tough opponent in, in Presbyterian. Doesn't look like it. 
as far as the final score goes, when you look at it overall, they end up winning 8-2. to two, But uh, another grand slam ends up propelling them to this win because it was a lot tighter than that going into the 6th, 7th inning. On paper, this was a pitcher's duel. Let's just call it what it was supposed to be for PC. Um, they, this is a really good baseball team, and if you got to play PC, you might better start taking notes on this <laughs> team because – and watch where they place players in lineups and stuff like that. But it, 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 there again, time it comes down to back hitch and his ability to create lineups and score runs off of those lineups, and that's what he did. All right, here's Eric Backich, what he had to say after the big win here on Tuesday night against PC. Third, he was looking to say pretty low over and then got hurt. He's not back in the game, but um, just in case, is everything okay with Cam? What do we see in the future for him? I think he's fine, yeah. He's just kind of tweaked his shoulder a little bit on the slide. He did the same thing when we got out there. He said it was the same thing he did last year, um, diving back into the base against Louisville. He, you know, his shoulder kind of tweaked it a little bit. I don't know what, what exactly, but um, I, he seemed fine afterwards. He was able to throw and move around, no problem. And so um, I think he got another hit his next AB. So, you know, it's, um, that's what Cam does. But, um, yeah, I think, I think he's okay. Might maybe sore, may need to get some treatment on it, but I don't think it, anything serious. Coach, you're 4-0 oh, to start out the year. What have you liked the most out of Team 127 so far early in? Well, I like the kids. Like the like the teammates that we have. It's a it's a great group. There's you know been a part of a lot of good teams, um, but it's the teammates that make the great teams. And so this is a really good group. Good leadership. We have seven captains. We have you know three more leadership council guys. Two two rising leaders. It's just just it's really a lot of fun to be around them. Um, so I do. I think we'll have a, a special team just because of the people. That, that sit in these seats that you're in in this classroom. It's just a special group to be around. So whatever happens, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun to be around. So there you have Eric Backich, what he had to say after the press conference. And when you got guys that uh, are willing to lead, they're also good followers in that process, and that makes it easy. <laughs> I, he's the one of the guys I'll never I, – I just can't get over I, I think he's a leprechaun, man, just the way he talks. <laughs> but, I mean, great baseball coach. And, and like I said, he – all his season, since this season started, all he's talked about is his, his ability to try to put lineups together where players are hitting with each other and they're having fun together, and he's got it. I think Carolina and Clemson both right now are on ball, on point, with the way they're playing baseball. All right, Clemson uh, begins a three-game series against Kennesaw State tomorrow. Game one of the series will be at Dunn-Kigsmore with a first pitch coming up at 5 o'clock. That might be a game worth going to. Um, that is there. Uh, look at what South Carolina is doing. They're 13-0. and They're ranked uh, now as well. They're, what, 21st? Yep. They dreaded first, I mean, early season rank. I, I don't. I don't really worry about this until we get through midseason of, of the SEC, and that's when I worry about the rankings. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we waited so long in basketball, so for Clemson and Carolina to get thrown into the rank, and you, we didn't even discuss Coastal Baseball, who was on fire. Um, they, uh, Gary Gilmore's last year at Coastal, he may score 500 runs a game. I don't know. They, they are actually just hitting and, hitting and grinning in Conway. I mean, they're having fun down there. They're winning 23 to nothing games. I mean, yeah. they're just no competition. In midweek. Yeah. No competition <laughs> yet for Coastal, but it'll happen sooner or later. All right. Well, the Gamecocks, uh, you know, are on fire. 13-3 win over Queens University at Founders Park this uh, past Wednesday, yesterday. Um, they jump out on them early. Um you look at junior left-hander Matthew Becker. He threw two scoreless innings, picked up the win for the first start uh, since recovering from his muscle strain, say, yeah. which is really good uh, that is there. But you had seven Gamecock pitchers that ended up pitching and contributing to 17 strikeouts um, and only a pair of walks. I think we realized Becker is probably our key pitcher this year. Got to keep him healthy. Got to keep him going. And I mean, so far, so good. I'm sure he's on pitch counts and everything else. And we're going to – that's why we used so many pictures last night. His coaches didn't tell me. So. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, Mark Kingston, what he had to say um, uh, after the big win against Queens uh, last night. Another good game for us, uh, you know, to score that many runs and to pitch as well as we did. And, and I thought we played really good defense, just a good complete night for us. So uh, anxious to take a day off tomorrow and then uh, get ready to play on Friday. Raise your hand. 
how how did uh, Matthew perform today after you know having the issue last Sunday? Yeah, I thought it was look, it was very similar to what Roman did, right? Five strikeouts in two innings, uh, forty, you know, a little bit more than forty pitches. So I thought that was a really good sign. I uh, thought the stuff was good. He looked a little rusty early on, but I thought once he settled in, he looked really good. All right, so there you have uh, Mark Kingston, a little bit about his press conference. Both these coaches are talking short midweek stuff. Uh, until we get into the meat of the season, I think we're going to get a lot of that. I I know he's excited about Queens University. I'm not. <laughs> um, I want to you know, see this. Like, I would rather be playing PC than I would Queens University. At least I know where PC is. I know where Queens in New York is. But I'd rather be playing local teams like that. But um, a lot of excitement for what's happened with the run scoring this year. Um, production put on the board. And I think it's more so for me, Tom. It's not the fact that we're relying by home runs. It's base hitting the ball, timely hitting, even a little bit of small balls over in the play if you need to, like the game yesterday. Uh, had, a, had a bunt to score a run on the play. And that was the excitement level for Ray Tanner because he was on the sidelines when they did it. So a little bit of small ball. But, you know, last couple of years we've depended on that long ball. Want to be known as the yard cocks and all of this stuff here. And, Let's just hit together, play together, and keep the gloves going, and, and you're going to win some games this year. This should be a pretty fun baseball team to watch. All right, looking forward to it. But uh, South Carolina 5-0, and uh, off to a good start as well. They're going to host Belmont in a three-game series that starts tomorrow. First pitch uh, at 4 o'clock out at Founders Park, if you guys want. Sounds go. good, man. Friday games are always fun at Founders. Always remember that, Tom Counter. <laughs> Friday at Founders. So. All right, so that's what we got uh, so far. All kinds of action that is happening. Uh, Stan Spivey not with us today. Wish him the best as, and safe travels as he's made his way down to the beach uh, in the process as well. So he'll be back hopefully here on Monday. I hope so. Like it's been, been, a, been, a, been a fun slow show. Got to memorialize Coach Roper. Um, and like I said, just a, just an absolute outstanding guy to, to get to know and, and to have a part, be a part in your life. is a good guy to have, man. So I want to make mention that uh, one more time. Um, you've got uh, coming up um, on Saturday the Celebration of Life that's going to be held at 2 o'clock. That'll be at South Main Baptist Church. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, at, from 4 to 7 tomorrow, you've got the visitation that's going to be held at Blythewood for Coach Roper. And then the funeral itself will take place uh, after that at Oak Brook Memorial Park uh, where he'll be buried with full military honors. Um, awesome. After serving two years in the Army. Well deserved. So, wish the, all the best to everybody that's involved. Uh, go out, support your teams. We've got two of them that are in the playoffs, uh, basketball-wise. They're going to be in action tonight. Uh, support them. Follow along with them online as well as we do. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be glued in. I've got folks that are out there also for the Greenwood Christian game, so I'll be able to hopefully give you a few more updates to go along with all that. Sounds good, man. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Kerr. We're the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a good one.